Please give us a follow on Spotify. It really helps out and you will get a notification every time we release a new episode on Monday. Welcome to the Ignition Podcast. Today's episode features George Rose. George owns Rose Valeting and is one of the kindest guys I personally know. And on top of that, he is insanely, insanely obsessed with cars. George's detail not only shows through his knowledge of cars, but his detail in the cars that he washes and valets and details. George speaks in depth about how he started out as a valeter and how he built the business he has today and the clients that he speaks to along the way. George not only feels that it's important to share with the client your personal story but also the story that you have with their car and that's it that is what I think detailing brings to the car community is that in-depth relationship with the car you're going through the car meticulously working on it and finishing it off and cleaning it and bringing it back to its natural beauty and for owners and car cleaners alike I think that's that's the magic for it when you see a beautifully pristine clean car you know that car is well maintained and well looked after and I think those are the the expertise that George brings to this podcast his ability to articulate and to share is amazing and I can't wait for you to hear more of the podcast so, without further ado, George, how are we? Hello, Harry. It's nice to see you, or at least uh, see you on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Um, how's everything? Really well, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah how fact. about you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, so um, a little question I'd like to start off with is, what ignited your passion for cars? To be honest, I've always been someone who uh, has had kind of a genetic predisposition to cars. My mum will tell everyone that uh, I... My car was my first words. Um, <laughs> it actually was. Um, she she lied to um, some people to get in a to get a ride in a um, motorsport car, a racing car around Brands Hatch. She said that she wasn't pregnant, but she was, and uh, she was oh. me um, to get a go. And so I think that's kind of where it all came from. Um, but well, if you believe, if you believe that, um, I don't know. I remember though. When I was very young, I'm lucky to be in sort of the era of the Top Gear, sort of when it was in its heyday. Yeah. So I remember just watching the races, watching Jeremy scream down to the south of France or Verbier in a car and watching him, especially the one that always used to um, pick up on me was uh, the Mercedes SLR mm. to Oslo race. I used to, I just loved it. I loved watching the cars. I loved listening to the music and the cars and watching it when I was, was especially very young. I think really that's just kind of where it went from. There was always on my mind, all, always cars. Everything was cars for me when I was younger. Yeah. And so it's only natural that I went into cars when I was uh, older. <laughs> yeah, because I remember we used to talk about it at school and stuff. So it was just kind of a sort of a, um, a big talking point. And yeah, I mean, so, so how has it developed? You've got your own business detailing cars. So how, how did that come about? I, it was never something I thought that I would go into, um, to tell you the truth. I, um, I, I didn't actually think, I was told from a young age, never work in your hobby or never work for your hobby because you'll ha- end up hating it. So I always thought that what I would do is I would do a job um, 
that could finance my uh, my hobby and buy me loads of lovely cars and I could enjoy cars in that respect. But um, I, I came out of university and to be honest, I, I didn't um, get on with uni. It wasn't really, um, it didn't suit my sort of idealistic lifestyle and uh, it wasn't taking me on the path in life that I wanted to go on. So I decided for now, I'm going to do something that I like to do. And what I like to do is I like to clean my car because I just, I take immense pride in my car. I've, I've never had a particularly special car, particularly interesting car, but I've always had a very immaculate car. And mm. um, uh, so I, it really, it started very, very small. Um, I bought, I, I took a little bit of um, furlough money that I got from a restaurant I was working at the time. I bought myself a pressure washer, some snow foam, and that was about it, really. Um, I started to clean my own car. Yeah, and then I started to do some of the neighbours' cars, simple cleans. Then I bought a vacuum cleaner and started to clean the inside of their cars. I mean, that was how small it started. And then I would just take myself up to um, uh, to Halfords or any other kind of store of that type and look at the products, buy some different products, try them, um, and then kind of... it. it grew and grew from there and then eventually I got um out of sort of luck really more so than anything else but I got into contact with an actual detailer someone who knew what they was doing and he kind of introduced me to the world that is machine polishing um or even just kind of valeting um versus just your your neighborly kid going around washing your car it's you know learning the processes of just valeting a car properly versus you know anything else and um yeah because up until that point i was still using a sponge so um (laughs) it was it was it was really very basic it wasn't something that i um loved doing from a very young age it was it happened very late in my life and very and and then became something very quickly um but yeah no I, i absolutely love it now and um it's amazing how things grow so quickly um when you kind of make it your life actually it's it's quite impressive yeah, so it's just, it's it's clearly that you've got a um, good eye for detail. What is it like for that? So sort of that transition from having a sponge to sort of stepping up a level. What, what was that like, pressure wise for you? Is it a different sort of mindset towards it. I started small, out of necessity. Um, like I said, I came out of university having just spent thousands and thousands on rent and living down there. So to be honest, I was I, I had a few hundred pounds to my name at the time. So yeah. um, I. I I put as much as I could into it, um, and I I basically bought products that looked the best. So when I saw on the shelf a lamb's wool mitt, I thought, "Oh, that's got to be good." And uh, so I, I bought that, and um, then I, I I moved a little bit on, and I was very stubborn, I have to say. Um, yeah. To this uh, detailer who had been in the industry for multiple years had built a very impressive business. I went over to the Isle of Wight to work with him and we were working on an Aston Martin DBX, a Porsche McCann GTS. I mean, the G- the DBX had just come out. It was a very, very early edition. Yeah. Very exciting. I mean, this, um, we were working on these exciting cars and I still came away from it thinking, well, I like what I do. <laughs> and I think I do a, a better job. So I was very stubborn. Um, and, uh, but eventually that was kind of necessity. You do learn that you need to do these processes in order to get this finished and actually to make a sustainable business, you can no longer go to your nearest 
retailer and buy these sorts of products. And also you don't want to because there are much higher quality products out there that produce a finish that you ordinarily would have to pay a lot of money for if you went there only. Um, yeah. But no, um, yeah, like I said, I was I was extremely stubborn. and uh, But now it's it's a world that you can get in on your own. But I have to say, having someone who was already in the world around around me, and I could talk to him as we, as I kind of grew, and encountered different challenges. That was quite important. Um, but it is something you can do on your own, a hundred percent. You can yeah. do your own research, and you just have to. I think the thing that I found the most is you have to, um, you you have to find your own balance you really do when it comes to product selection and that kind of thing deciding who and who you want as your suppliers what products that they do just don't be regimented don't be stubborn be you know decide i actually like this product that this company sells so i'm going to use this product however i don't think this company do all the products that i need yeah it's it's something that I, you, you have to realize there's no set rule in this business. So there's no, there's no exact definite, you should use this company for this as you should use this company for that. Um, and that's something that you sort of do have to learn. So otherwise you do kind of shoot yourself in the foot financially. That's some, that's some great advice for someone who's just, just looking to start out sort of don't be stubborn or having a mentor seems to really help you. And when was that sort of, without sounding cheesy, that attention to detail in detail? Yeah, it's kind of I, what, what you suggest to people to to keep at. What was that yeah. relationship like with with your mentor? You said it's quite um quite good. Is it? Do you recommend having one? It was it was helpful, especially when it comes to the things that I hadn't encountered before. Because and even so now, I mean, for instance, the other week I had a car that had driven driven through um, some wet cement and it had just been laid and it's been splattered all up the side. And although I had a, an idea in my brain how to tackle it. I wanted to talk to someone who had seen that before because, I mean, my approach is going to be I'm going to effectively chip off as much as I can with like a little bit of like a plastic lever and then um, clay and then polish over the top. But I didn't know whether when you're using something so rough on clay, rubbing that into the paintwork because clay is a very smooth surface. You're there, you're using clay to take off um, very, you know, the the most minute bits of road tar and that kind of thing that you, and so you know it's going to leave scratches. But that's the whole point because it's a smooth surface on a smooth surface. But when you've got cement in the mix, you just feel like you're going to be taking too much paint away and you're going to be, you just don't know if you're going to scratch through the uh, actual clear coat and base layer. But um, that was that was helpful yeah. to be able to call him and confirm that that's what I wanted to do. You don't need one though. So if you were wanting to get into the industry and you felt, maybe a little bit on your own and you didn't know anyone else around it and you just watch people on YouTube, for instance, um, to, for your information. I don't think it's something that necessarily you should um, feel overwhelmed by. Because like I said, I had to start very small out of necessity and grow my business naturally. And I think it's actually a very good way to do it in this industry because someone, when you talk to someone like me who's worked for you know a, a little while now, and has grown a business, I can get carried away telling you what you need and what you don't yeah. need. And actually the realities are when, if you are starting small and you want to grow naturally and build a client base that way, you will only 
buy things that you need when you need them. You don't need to um, uh, buy so much stock to prepare yourself for when you're busy because you can get the stock in time. You can, as and when you need to buy more specialist equipment, buy it because it's quite an expensive, you know, it's quite a tight profit margin in terms of your supply. So you have to, you have to be smart with it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you enjoy the sort of solitude because you are there with the car? Is it that bond with the car that maybe makes it feel a bit more, I don't know, you enjoy it more because you've got the, you've got you working in the car step by step, you're going through that process. So that's it. Do you feel like you have a better understanding for cars? Do you enjoy, do you appreciate it more? I guess is what I'm asking. Certainly on, on a good day when you've got a lovely car or just a car that you've always been interested. Like I said, I've been a car, a car enthusiast when, since I was a baby. So, you know, for instance, a, a car that I was really excited to do that is, you know, I, I've done, the Lamborghinis I've done the expensive cars I've done exciting cars and I've but I also had a very rare 90s Honda Accord coupe yeah and I loved it I absolutely loved doing that because it was interesting and quirky and I got to have a good poke around you know you can you know you're not driving them but you are maneuvering them that's exciting in itself really for a young person who hasn't driven many cars um but I think I think it is it can get I wouldn't say lonely, but you are on your own with your own thoughts a lot because obviously you're working on your own. Yeah. You do get to talk to the clients regularly, which is um, nice. And I have to say, I've got some really superb clients. Um, I've been. I feel like in your previous pod- podcast when you're talking about putting yourselves in the right situations for things, I, I have to say I, I feel like most of it's just fallen on my lap where I've turned um, turned up to just a recommendation, and they've been incredibly lovely people put me onto so many different new opportunities through there. And um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's been superb, but it, you, you aren't in solitude. You're outside. Yeah. Um, if you are mobile that I should say, um, which I am currently. Um, and I think you probably should start mobile versus um, finding somewhere to set up. If you do have somewhere where you can set up for the future, I mean, that'd be incredible. Um, for instance, if you had to get a double garage that you could use for the detailing side of things, should you want to move into that, that, would, um, that will really help yourselves out. But um, start mobile, build, get around the area, get your name out, yeah. talk to some people, get your name in the community, because you'll find that you don't have to do a lot to get a lot of recognition. Um, you know, for instance, I, mean, my, I think my social media accounts are very small in their follower count. But I will constantly get notifications through Facebook telling me I've been mentioned here, I've been mentioned there. and But you can't see them because of the privacy sort of uh, yeah. involved. So you do think, oh, God, what, what, what have they said about me? But um, yeah, you just ask any new client that you don't know how you've got, how do you hear from me? And they'll tell you, oh, you're in, you, you were mentioned in this um, community chat. And uh, that's, how, that's how it grows, really, for someone like me. Um, and for this sort of industry but yeah get yourself out there um yes you you do end up spending multiple hours in your own company but again like i said it's no more than what any other sort of trade tradesman would have because you they come out they'll talk to you you'll have a good chat in the start and don't be afraid to talk to them you know if it costs you an extra 20 minutes at the end and eats into your lunch by 20 minutes but it gains you a solid rapport with that client then 100% do it because you you just don't know where that could lead. If you actually talk to them and are very honest with them, yeah. then it's really a really good way of 
building loyalty as well, customer loyalty, because they want to, they want you back and they want to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, communication is clearly a key part of your business. So, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it like outside of business when you're talking about personal relationships? How's that? How's that for you? How do you deal with those? I was nervous about this. I have to say, yeah. um, when the moment the business definitely picked up, and uh, I, I realised that this was very full time, and I'd mm. maybe bitten off a little bit more than I can chew in my schedule. I was worried about personal relationships. I was worried about, well, how am I going to actually meet someone? Because like I just said, you are in your own company. You're not working in an office where maybe you can build relationships and someone sets you up with someone or, you know, you just love a receptionist or something. (laughs) But um, it's, it's, it's different, but it's doable. I mean, I'm now with someone and it's, it's, it's great. We both find time for each other. We're both very busy, but it, it works. I mean, luckily, the light for me sort of finishes my day. So over winter, at least you, you do have much shorter days and um, you can finish in the dark. I don't recommend you push on and work in the dark because yeah. you just aren't going to get the finish that you, you're going to want um, unless you have the means or the abilities to have proper spotlights surrounding the car. But yeah. um, it's, it's not really something if you're looking at the valeting side, it's not particularly worth doing just as of yet. If you are a detailer, then you can work in the dark a lot easier because you actually need more focused light versus surrounding light. Um, but no, um, personal relationships, it's doable. If, even if you have to work some long hours, which you do, obviously, with any startup business you do, you have to work a lot. But um, it's, 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 not, it's not stifling. It's not over, um, over-leading. It's, it doesn't push you too far. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Thank you for your honesty, George. I mean, when you're looking at sort of you've building the business, you're growing it. Uh, what what's next for for the business? What's next for you? For Rose Valeting, well, um, Rose Valeting hasn't got much of a future left. Um, right, I, I was expecting Rose Valeting to be gone by now, but it is still around. But it's going to be rebranded and relaunched into a new business. Um, it's going to be hopefully called Rose Detailing and Valet Services. Um, it's just finding the time to yeah. build a rebrand. I didn't realise, <laughs> to be to say the truth, how much is involved in doing so. So I'm a little bit behind schedule on that. But um, no matter. Uh, it's it's fundamental for me. Uh, last year was building a business, learning, seeing if it's a industry that I, I like. I mean, I learned and changed so much in that year. It's it really amazing to think that. To be honest, I've only been trading a year. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels a world apart from this time last year. Um, but yeah, I, I spent the time predominantly valeting. Um, for people that, that know the industry a little bit, you've got two, um, you, it's a very varied um, industry, but you kind of have two main um, separate, separations, two main categories. You've got valets and you've got details. Mm. Valets is a predominantly washing cleaning um and then you there is specialist areas in valeting you know deep cleans uh removal of things like uh um it's mo- mo- mostly on the interior based yeah. where you'll find the specialist work on valeting something i mean you could maybe put tree sap bird dirt removal on the side of valeting but you know for me if you're using a polisher you're moving into the detailing but um valeting i I decided quite early on in the business that valeting is not going to be the future. 
Sure. Um, simply because it's, it's a lot of work. I have found recently that you can have a business out of valeting, predominantly valeting. There is a business there and you can earn a, a decent living off of being a mobile valeter. It is doable, but you have to work very hard and you have yeah. to build a business first um, to a level where you have very regular clients and also business relationships versus um, personal relationships with clients and going up and doing cars on driveways, actually setting up somewhere. The more business I got that way in, certain, in terms of setting up at an industrial estate, doing cars for companies, that's where you will make money versus going to people's houses, doing one car on one drive, then going to a different cul-de-sac and then going from here and here and here. You, that's um, that's what I learned um, fairly early on. But um, I, I would like to push into the detailing, which is what I'm relaunching the business to do, because it is just a little bit more enjoyable for me, like you were asking earlier, about spending some time really enjoying spending time on a car, learning yeah. you know, little bits here, looking at design features, the creases, the just like little interior quirks as well, because you spend a lot of time on the interior as well. It often gets overlooked, but um, that's just so much more fun for me. I, yeah. I love spending hours upon hours and hours and hours on a car versus a couple hours, a few hours, just to make it look a lot better. So that's what um, uh, the um, business is going into, the ceramics as well. Um, it, it's, a, it's exciting yeah, and you, and then the long term goal is to be set up permanently at a unit, taking the mobile side out of it, and um, or at least maybe employing someone or having a franchise where the the mobile clients who've been so loyal to me now will still get serviced by Rose, the business name Rose at least. Um, yeah, something to do with me at least. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's the goal, and. I, I really hope that it's achieved um, achieved fairly soon. Um, but like I said, <laughs> quite busy. So just trying to um, uh, figure it all out right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's amazing sort of what you've done, your commitment to sort of the building the business. It's, it's clearly something that you've got. I mean, being so young, it's, it is uh, sort of well done for, for doing what you've done so far. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inspiration to me, knowing you personally. Anyway... But yeah, so I mean, what, what really excites you about the sort of the, the the expansion, the detailing side of it? What what is it that detailing you think gives another level to the valeting? It's it's I love the way about detailing that you you'll do a panel or a door, and you'll you know spend you know thirty five minutes per panel really, sort of depending on the size of the panel, but you're you'll run you know, the polisher over and you'll finish and then you'll check the light and you, you've removed all, your, all the imperfections in the paintwork. And you'll look back and you think, okay, next panel. And you move on and then next panel. And then you'll do the black trim. And then, um, whatever, well, obviously it varies between jobs, but I love how when it starts, it doesn't look like it's going to do anything. Yeah. It really doesn't. Even when you've done one panel, you'll think, Oh yeah. Oh, hopefully this is good. I mean, this is now I know, but when you start, when you start, you kind of think, oh no. And then when you finish, you it just transforms the look of the car. It's just mm. fantastic. Um, I, I just love the reaction from my clients when uh, I finished a detail for them, 
and the car's had its coatings or its sealants or ceramics or whatever they've wanted to put on the car. They've had it all. Final bit of um, cleaning up, bit of the glass polish, a bit of the wheel, wheels and tyre dressings, and the final bits of trim have been done. And then you stand back, you look at the imperfectionless paint, and you look at the all the trim that's just a little bit darker now, a little bit more consistent, the glass that's nice and clear and it just it's just such a nice satisfying feeling that i just haven't ever got from any of anything i've ever done before this immense feeling of accomplishment it really is that you've made something that otherwise didn't look as good and you've put the hours and the time in to genuinely bring something back to a, a finish that otherwise wouldn't have been able to be achieved if that makes sense but uh yeah it's it's a very rewarding job and valeting again for anyone that wants to go into it i do recommend you start with valeting um it's just a great way of getting around building a huge client base so that then when you want to focus in on the detailing like i am now you've got clients that want you to detail their cars i've got clients that have now moved from valeting and i service their normal cars but they've got a second third fourth car and uh, they want me to do some work on that one um and that's 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 the thing about valeting. It is a great stepping stone, but like I said, you can have it as a standalone business if you want to, but you have to work in the fleet sort of areas. You know, if you have companies, vans, more commercial sides as well, that's a good way of doing it as well. Um, but no, that's the, that's the thing about detailing for me. It's just, it's very, very satisfying and very rewarding. And um, I hope, um, I hope it works out. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, you, no, it's, you, it's, it's yeah, you seem to hold yourself to quite a high standard. So I'm just wondering who you feel in the in the detailing space is someone I wouldn't say to look up to because I don't believe in comparing yourself to other people. But who do you believe is sort of like crushing it? I don't know, sort of really sort of up there in the detailing detailing world. Well, I look at um, two guys. I, I I look at immensely. The 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 dream is to become a company like Topaz. I mean, that's every detailer's yeah. dream because they've they've taken the the service and they've taken it to another level you know they're they're very impressive as a company um very impressive and they've got different um they've got loads of branches now across the world they work on some of the most the finest cars in the world as well and they've got some incredible um uh, processes as well like i said every detailer and this is quite an important thing for a young detailer as well every detailer kind of has a balance and a product and uh process that works for them that isn't necessarily the um that isn't necessarily the rule and yes there are processes that you have to do in order to make your car um or to make sure that you're not damaging or doing any further you're maximizing the finish but there are variations within that and it's very important that you don't have someone next to you as a, you know, a mentor or someone who helps you out from time to time, telling you this is the set rule and then you believe this is the set rule because it's not really the case. I mean, as much as I leaned on uh, the person I was put in contact with um, for a lot of the unknowns and for a lot of help and guidance, um, especially in the technique technique side, um, I, I, we still have differences. Um, we still use different pads on our polishing. I mean, he prefers the microfiber pads. I prefer foam. Um, and we still vary, vary massively in our approaches and our um, uh, and the finishes that we want to achieve. But um, 
it's all about finding what works for you because at the end of the day for me at least and for i think for a lot of young people who are in the detailing world um it's about the, the, enjoying the job it really is which is why i didn't push into the fleet valeting side is because yeah. i don't really want to be doing bands all the time that's just not exciting for me so work but working on a 1970s porsche is so yeah. um that that's uh it's exciting and you get to have proper hands-on with a car that otherwise you could just look at in a show and that's a great part of the business it really is if you if you were younger and you loved going to car shows and you know especially like the new car shows like the geneva show and the london motor show and you like to sit in the cars and have a poke around this job is incredible for that because you can you can open every door you can push every button if you want to yeah um and uh well as long as the car's not on and it doesn't <laughs> do anything wrong but um uh it's it's um that is great for that the, this job but um yeah i think topaz are a great company and i love to follow what they're doing um and they're they're great as well because they showed me what ppf well not personally but they uh introduced me to ppf yeah um which is something i didn't know about personally because like i said i didn't come from a valeting detailing side no one in the family does it so it was as much as i like cars i, ne- I knew next to nothing about the cleaning and the detailing side mm. so following in companies like that help you sort of understand that a little bit better and now that's a goal once i'm a little bit more um uh, established and in a unit i would like to offer ppf and the other person i'd say is um richard tipper um, from perfection valet um he is uh he's very well known in sort of community because he did a lot of cars for the evo people the auto car lot and and there's been some new loads of articles about him and he's he's fantastic um some of the work he's done he's again works on some incredible cars that just yeah. make you just exciting but i have to say um for anyone who is starting out or wants to start out it does really it does fall on your lap the exciting cars don't think that you have to only go to posh houses and you only go to um you know if you're not going there then you're never going to get anywhere because i i have turned up to brand new clients who've just been recommended by a friend of a friend on Facebook. And I've turned up and thought, oh my Lord, that is a beautiful house. And those are some beautiful cars. But what they've put me in for is for their little runaround because they just want a quick valet. Yeah. That's something I offered at the time. But then you get talking to them and then they, you gain their trust and then they start having you work on their lovely cars and their lovely estate. So it was really about, managing relationships more so than anything else when you are building your business don't scoff at the jobs that look bad because you don't know who they know and you don't know what their network is yeah. because i've found some extraordinary extraordinary levels of generosity and kindness and support through people i don't know yeah and people i've just turned up and done the job for them got talking to them and then they've recommended to people that I wouldn't have known some really high level jobs and some lovely, lovely cars. So it really is about just putting the time in talking to people and just enjoying it as well. Be upbeat, be, have a good attitude because people know when you don't like what you're doing and, Mm. you know, keep a positive face on it. I mean, what some of my nicest cars came from a really lovely lady, um, who has the most disgusting car and it's oh, wow. a horrible job every time I do it but 
she has put me on to some incredible clients and I'll always forever be loyal to her because she showed me an immense amount of generosity. It's about yeah, managing these sort of relationships with people. So Definitely. do you reckon it's more about the cars or the people? Uh, when you look at it from a business pers- um, perspective, which is something I have to do a lot now, um, it's about people managing relationships um, and also getting engaged with people in terms of what sort of conversations are appropriate and what, what conversations aren't. I mean, for instance, if you are talking to maybe, a, um, I don't want to generalise anyone, but if you're talking to someone with a fairly normal standard car, um, you know, you're one of the middle family car, they're not going to be that interested in cars. So if you keep talking to them about cars, they're going to just find you boring. Yeah. Because car guys are quite boring. We are a boring bunch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but then if you have got a more specialist car, do ask questions, you know. Um, and then they like the rapport that way. So I do compare my work right now far more with people like personal trainers or hair, hairdressers about making that kind of conversation work um, with your clients. Um, but from a personal perspective, sort of always the cars. I wouldn't be a cleaner, for instance, because I don't, it's not about the lifestyle. I don't want to go in posh houses and clean the houses. Um, I want to look at cars. So, um, and I don't, I don't really care if it's a, um, a McLaren Senna or a Honda Accord from the 1990s. I, I just love anything quirky and anything inter- interesting, just to have a poke around, just yeah. to talk to them and see what, what, what's it like to own? What, what do you do with it? Do you enjoy it? And it's, it's fascinating learning from people. And so just pushing every button is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, taking it a bit away from the business side, sort of driving roads and enjoying cars, have you experienced much of that? Do you, do you have plans for that when maybe you you take a step back from the business or you sort of have some spare time i would love to i'd absolutely love to like i said i've never really owned a particularly interesting car a particularly performance orientated car um but my car right now does have a sport mode um that's all you need (laughs) (laughs) um I, i i really love drives and i love road trips and i always always judge my clients who have a beautiful car and they keep them garaged and uh, they have me clean the most minute bits of dust off of them. I love the cars that I go to that have been really used and they've taken their nice car up to Scotland. I've got a great client with a Lancia Delta and he just came back from doing the Post 500 in it and it's covered in stone chips and it, but it's an Evo, you know, final, final edition Evo two, I think with a yeah. spoiler on the back and the, uh, it's it's fantastic to do because it's got genuine wear and use and but it's mechanically perfect and if if and when i get to the point where i can own a car like that i will and i will go and enjoy it but for me it's more kind of what you do and what a car can do with um for you for me it's 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 not necessarily about having the most bet the best driving car in the world it's about just enjoying an experience with a car um for instance i mean i i did a uh, 1500 mile road trip to southern Spain in a 1.2 Volkswagen Polo um, with 59 horsepower, three people and a dog, and it was brilliant. And I just love that car for that because it was just it was just fantastic to take a car that wasn't particularly designed for that kind of journey, but actually smashed it out of the park and was easy and comfortable and smooth and good and economical. And it was just you kind of. I respected it for that. 
And I think you just kind of, I bond with cars that way. I'm not someone that chops and changes their cars often. I change cars when I have to, very happy because I just, um, always form a weird bond and relationship with yeah. a piece of metal. That's, um, yeah, that's kind of my relationship with cars versus wanting to go for sporty drives and something and tune it and remap it. It's not really my scene per se, but, um, I will have a nice car one day. Um, but right now, it's just a practical estate for work. <laughs> but it's that sometimes what you need. I mean, it's Jeremy Clarkson that says that car people are a different breed. We do, the normal non-car people don't understand the bond between leather, metal, glass, and it does come together. And I think you just you put on for that perfectly when you say that sort of it is the bond when you're driving the car. You understand the little quirks. You drive the roads. You sort of you understand the car for what it is without having to chuck a thousand horsepower in it or deal with modification you can appreciate a car mm, for what it is yeah so do you, i mean do you think you're a good driver i know we all have our own thoughts on our own driving but personally <laughs> do you i think- would absolutely love to be taught how to drive a car properly to be honest i would love the opportunity to sit next to an experienced racing driver i mean when i watched the new um top gear with chris harris i'm mesmerized by watching him control a car round a corner i mean i, I love the old top gear and you know it, 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 it was amazing entertainment but just watching chris harris slide a car around the way he's moving that steering was unbelievable to me i mean the, yeah. the best i can do is I've, i i will drive my 2018 seat Leon, and i will double d clutch and heel and toe but uh that's about it um i like to be as smooth as possible and i i wince at anything that doesn't sound or feel good mechanically so uh I'm all about keeping it smooth, but maybe not necessarily quick. <laughs> I like I like uh, playing the MPG game and the fuel tank game more so than anything else. Um, but no, um, I would love I'd love the opportunity to be able to drive a car properly because um, it it just it just must feel incredible controlling yeah. a car in a perfectly executed power slide or you know trail braking into Paddock Hill Bend at Brands Hatch because uh, you know, I'm local to there. And it's just, yeah, all of that kind of thing. It would, it would be an amazing future goal. And it's one that I know that one day I will achieve, but yeah. I need to be realistic. And um, right now, my little Seat is uh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, George, your driving heroes, describe them. What are, what are, who are they? Well, as I mentioned, I love watching Chris Harris's videos. Um, he's, he's great. And anyone really with that kind of professional background in racing can just drive a car in a different way to everyone else. And I'd love the opportunity, as I said, to learn to do that properly. And I'd probably like to do that before I start taking a car out and pushing it, to be honest. Um, that's probably why I'm not really part of the sort of the scenes of um, the, you know, the go for drives people, because uh, it's just not really something that i can do very well right now i can you know like i said i can treat my car mechanically nicely but i can't necessarily push it very um very fast so uh so yeah (laughs) that's where i'm at at the moment yeah so talking about cars that you'd like to own in the future what are they have you got a sort of a five car garage eight car garage ten car what do you want to own what do you want to experience i would would have like a 65 car garage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and every car would be cleaned every week and oh. uh, <laughs> it would be an absolute nightmare i it's it's really interesting actually um going into especially um tying it back to sort of the the detail and the valeting having so much 
more hands-on with cars that necessarily I wouldn't have had hands-on with before. For instance, I do have a lovely 1970s um, Porsche Carrera um, in my on my yeah. books, and uh, it's I'm, I'm I like a Porsche, but I'm not a Porsche fanboy. I'm not someone who loves who, who's always lo- loved or lusted after one. But it is um, uh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It feels really delicate and precise, and well, precisely engineered, I should say. But um, it also very well built. Every door shuts properly, and it's so frustrating when you do classic cars that are so cool, like a Ford Bronco or an early yeah. Range Rover or something like that. And the door doesn't ever shut properly. And I know it's part of their charm, but Porsche weren't doing that. Their door was shut properly and Mercedes doors shut properly. And it's, um, it's very interesting because it has changed my perspective on a lot of cars actually. Um, and I'd love a, I'd love a old Porsche. Um, I, I, it's something that you do, um, when you do work on these cars, cause you, you put music in and, uh, or if you want to put music in, you can, and you start to just daydream and think, about different scenarios and uh, you'll picture yourself driving the car you're working on down a beautiful kind of flowing um mount uh, coastal road maybe going you know on the amalfi coast or something like that and whilst you're doing a convertible and it it's, it's a really nice feeling um actually and that's a lovely part of the job just sort of working on these cars and kind of imagining yourself owning and driving them but it has made me um want a lot of cars and changed my mind against a lot of cars as well actually um there's a few cars i don't, I don't know yeah um, name cars just in case in the future maybe i'll work for one of the manufacturers <laughs> but um uh, there's a few cars that i've been surprised by the lack of build quality i should say i mean name who you want is <laughs> <laughs> all right fine i will um, oh you go Corinth, uh, yeah. Corinth, not exactly a, um, yeah well yeah, you've convinced me well i have to say i've never <laughs> I've never had on the books a modern Mercedes that didn't have a build quality issue. Um, never. There's not been one that hasn't had just even, I know it's like small things, but a few bits of trim or a few bits of um, um, a few just glitches or warning lights on them. And I know every owner's different. So I'm not saying that it's, it's a defect with the Mercedes brand. Maybe it's just bad luck on my part, but um, it has put me off a little bit of their brand. Yeah, and then you get sort of the, the normal ones like Land Rovers and Range Rovers. I actually yeah. had a car break down once whilst I, uh, not a Range Rover, but a car break down before I um, had started cleaning it. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I had a Volkswagen um, Golf R and I turned it on and every single warning light was on. Every, like, every single one you could sounds, think of. Yeah, sounds like a mini. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a Christmas tree. It was brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. Um but yeah, no, it's uh, it's um it's 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 really great to have this sort of hands-on, close, kind of more personal um, experience with cars that you wouldn't have before, and it's probably for a car enthusiast the best part of the job, the best part. Yeah, because I mean, I think of those quite a lot, but McLaren is sort of a, a brand that I'm infatuated with. But it's, uh, I mean, I know I know they've got build quality issues, but you just it's, at the end of the day, it is a McLaren, and I think that's what about. About car brands, you say Mercedes don't have perfect build quality, but I mean, neither the Lotus or Caterham or anyone like that at all. So it's, mm. it is sort of, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a shame that some of these, some of these brands don't lift up, live up to their sort of expectations of German build quality or. I think, you know. I, I agree. I think, um, for instance, like 
I think there is an element of charm when you, you know, you have a, a weird quirk with a Lotus or a Caterham. Mm. But when it's a diesel C-Class that doesn't <laughs> need to have a quirk and the passenger window won't go up and down, it doesn't, and, you know, this is a 20 plate <laughs> with a, a few thousand miles. Um, it's a bit weird um, and it was a bit disappointing. But um, it, it's it's one of those things where... It, it, how much are you going to take it to heart? Because it's not my car. It's not, no. just, you know, it's, so it's not, it's not affecting me at all. I would, it, I haven't, I guess I haven't yet met a hero car of mine. Um, I've met some very interesting cars. Um, that I did a 612 um, Scaglietti yeah. Ferrari, you know, the, the notoriously ugly Ferrari. Um and I wasn't expecting much from it, and I was expecting to be a bit disappointed by it. It was my first. It was the first client with a Ferrari, so it was my first Ferrari, and I was I was a little bit nervous because you know the, the whole meet your heroes thing, and uh, yeah, I, I just I thought to myself, oh, this is um, this is this is going to be a disappointment. It's going to be like cleaning a Fiat, <laughs> and um, in the in the end, it was so special for a car that isn't really regarded very highly in the ferrari community and it's so special and it smells like an old classic car and it feels delicate um doesn't feel like a porsche it yeah. feels delicate um but it's and it, everything about it is exciting and bespoke and that's a really lovely um feeling actually when you do a car like that and it's completely different to how a, a modern Lamborghini feels. And that's really interesting for a, for a car enthusiast like me. You know, you think all of these exotic cars feel equally exotic, but yeah. a Lamborghini feels so much better made or so much, um, has much higher build quality. But again, that's probably the Audi influence, but um, no less special. But um, the Ferrari is, is it, that left an impression with me, that car. Mm. Um, versus and i like a car that surprises me i really do and that's another if you are very excited by different cars or just by experiencing cars it's really really exciting to have a car like that um that surprises you and you go away and think oh i'd love one of them you mentioned halo cars and sort of cars that you would like to get to work on so what are those cars well there's one car that i'm obsessed with more so than anything else because i grew up watching it um there's some great bits of filmography in it as well there's a justin timberlake video uh, <laughs> in one of his songs where he drives one and i'm obsessed with it but it's a, a porsche carrera gt i would love the opportunity to work on one of them um the, the, i think they are truly truly stunning cars and i love the way they sound i love the way they look I love the way that you can take the roof off and I love the way that you can cruise around in a car like that and just look incredible and look like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's important to sort of delve deeper into this. And what is it about the, the Porsche Carrera GT that you do you find so obsessive about? I really like a car that um, is built to do one thing and one thing only or has such a... Um, a, I don't want to say brittle, but a, a very delicate drivetrain. You know, it's, it's got very race orientated. Its, it's engine, I believe, came from racing or came from the design of a race car. Um, and so, so, to if I owned one, I would use it as regularly as possible. 
and I would use it in the rain and the dirt because it's meant to be this precise, you know, very um, delicate and very well looked after supercar, but I'd love to just use it every day, pile on the miles on this kind of very, very um, mechanical drivetrain. And I just, I just love the way that it's got a manual gearbox. I'm not, a, I don't care if it, if it had a DSG or something, but I just love the way that it's this modern uh, supercar that, you know, it's got modern performance, modern power, modern brakes, modern suspension. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the start of a modern era in, yeah. in many ways, that and the McLaren SLR. And, but it's just got a manual and it's just honed in a little bit. And it's also, it's a very, dangerous car it's got a proper reputation to it and i just i love that i love how it's it's, it's got a character and it's it's developed over time because it was this beautiful exquisite race derived porsche when it first came out and now it's known as a little bit of a, a more evil car because it's, it's it's unfortunately and tragically taking the lives of a few people yeah. um it, it's it's i just think it's phenomenal i just absolutely love it so how do you feel about the 918 that's a, that's a really good question because I don't ever really think about the nine one eight very often. I, I think uh, it's, it's it's lovely and it's a great yeah. car, um, and I, I I think it would be quite cool to use its you know its uh, hybrid powertrain and actually charge it up every day and you know post fifty five <laughs> sixty mpg on your sort of regular drives. I think that would be very entertaining, but um, yeah, it's, it's not the same. It's just not. It's, it's, for me at least it's not the same it's, it's lovely I, 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 I don't judge anyone for owning one but it's not it's not for me <laughs> it's not it's not quite a CGT that we all I think I mean I especially I, I love that you're bang on there uh, I know we're coming to the end George but there are a couple of questions that I thought just that you know the, the kind of sort of classic car guy questions that everyone sort of asks uh, the first one would be you have one car one track or um, road where are you going and what are you taking I would love. Oh, that's a really good question, Harry. You've uh, you've sprung that on me there. Um, I know. I would take sixty-five different cars to sixty-five different roads. <laughs> uh, uh, but you've I only got one. Yeah, I've got one. Uh, I think I know the road. I think I'll do the North Coast Five Hundred. Yep. It's been it's always been something I've wanted to do. Um, it's on the bucket list, and I would take my old Volkswagen Polo. Really. Yeah, because that was the one thing I didn't do with that car. And uh, I did sell it to a client. So I don't know, maybe I would have the opportunity to take it. Should I do it? But um, because I do still regularly see it. But that was uh, the one thing left to do with that car. So I take that. (laughs) So I think uh, before I ask you the the next question, uh, what what's stopping you from doing that now? Time, really. Uh, time. Um, I've got other things that I want to do with my time at the moment. Um, I, I do have a picture in my head, though. I would like to get up early one morning and get in my car and drive to the top of Wales because the, the, you know Wales has got some of the best driving roads in the world, and Definitely. I'd love to drive right up the middle of Wales to the end of the kind of the British Isles. Um, and that's something I keep kicking myself that I haven't done yet on a day off just get up at 3am and go for a drive but uh, yeah that's 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 something I'm kicking myself and I should do right now well if you ever need a nudge let me know <laughs> um, okay the, the next the next question probably the last one was going to be 
your three car garage, so your track car, your daily, and then maybe I don't know something. I know I know you don't like to modify cars, but something if you're going to pick to sort of make a, a street car, maybe. If I was going to build my own car, I would take the body of a Mark One um, Scirocco. Okay. Drop in a two point eight VR six engine, and I would maybe mate it to the drivetrain of like an R thirty two. Well, not an R thirty two, but the VR six. Maybe if it, if you, you could get it to fit, and um, I'd have it brushed aluminium, some Ooh, sort yeah. of red GTI accents, some lovely sort of darkened, glossy but darkened sort of steel um, BBS w- w- rims with chrome on the outside um so that's that would be uh that would be the built car yeah um my daily would be a lexus lc500 because i love the look of that car um and i love the interior as well and my uh, what was the last one a track car track car yeah track car would be a mm, tie up between a um a lotus or a caterham i think Okay, I can see. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think well, maybe Lotus, maybe one of the final uh, Elises, one of their cut, I don't know, the Sport Rock 400 or whatever they were calling their final editions. Um, probably one of them, just for so I could take it in the rain as well. Mm. Well, George, th- thank you, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you're, 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 no, thank you, thank you um, for having me, Harry. I apologise for rambling on about so many different things <laughs> no it's, that's what i need <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's great to speak to someone that's um clearly very humble and a, a, a true car enthusiast so to thank you again thank you for your time no thank you harry thank you for listening everyone take care i hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as i did especially for the fans of detailing and car valeting i think that was one for you guys that george spoke openly and honestly about his personal life along with the side of his business and what it takes to build it and currently grow a new valeting business i'm excited to see what he brings out in the future and what his business grows to be and the success that he becomes and to rival those companies like topaz that are changing the game i've seen that george has a clear passion for this and i feel that that comes out in the podcast so if you want to find more of him he is on Instagram at Rose Valeting. That's Instagram at Rose Valeting. And you can find us on Instagram at We Are Ignition and on Facebook at Ignition Pod. So thank you very much for listening, guys. The support and the listenership at the moment is just going through the roof. So if you want to hear more, please drop me an email at harry at ignitionpod.com. If you or someone you know would like to be in the podcast, that's the email to use or DM me on Instagram. That's a great way to find me as well. So thank you for listening, guys. And as always, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. And lastly, if you wouldn't mind sharing the podcast with just three people that love cars or three people that you think would appreciate the messages in this podcast thank you so much